The title for this episode is about the New Year's resolutions. But in a way, it's a misnomer. The reason I'm saying that is, in my, just in my humble opinion, and I think most people are going to disagree with me, New Year's resolutions is kind of like, you know, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, you know, birthday, any, any kind of obligatory thing where you feel pressured that you have to do something. Because on this particular day, because society says you have to do something, we all have to follow along and do it. And then when it comes to New Year's resolutions, it's this undue burden of pressure. It's, all right, I got to figure out what am I, I need to have some resolutions. All right, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop doing crack and heroin. I'm going to do whatever it is. And it's well-intentioned, but I think because, Chris, I wonder what you think about this. I think because you're pressured by society that you're supposed to do these things, that you come up with it, but you're not really, your heart isn't in it. And I... Uh-huh. I 100% agree with you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you do or do not? I'm sorry. You said 100%. I, I, I do. People make resolutions out of the pure tradition of it. They're like, oh, it's January 1st is approaching. So I need to come up with some resolutions. And people are more likely to fail because you need to have a need to do it without, without an actual need for change. It's harder to stick to your resolution because then it just feels purposeless because even if you achieve it a like a goal without a need won't make a meaningful impact in your life if that makes sense makes a lot of sense because you're doing it because you feel you have to do it you know and whenever someone does something because they feel they have to do it they do a half-assed job let's be honest with you. Yeah. think about like you you know because we're really a lot of career-oriented stuff we talk about so it's like yeah if someone is forced to do something they don't want to do in the office they'll be like all right i'll do it you know they're not going to put their heart into it. They're going to do a crappy job just so then the boss could say, you know what, Jack, don't do this. I'm going to give this to somebody else. And you'd be like, oh, shucks, too bad. Oh, well, all right. And then you're like, I got out of this one. But it, start- it feels like a burden. And then even like we have to be in the right mindset before you jump into achieving mm-hmm. the goal. Exactly. So rather than do it in January 1st, where you're supposed to do it, screw it. We could do it whenever we want to do it. It's the end of January. Now, if we want to do a, a New Year's resolution, let's do it now. And here's what I would suggest. Put aside resolutions, right? Take the pressure off. I, in all seriousness now, I would suggest this. We are in crazy times. And I don't think anyone could disagree with it. And what I mean crazy times is this, you know, you go from last few years, you know, from the pandemic, everything is locked down, out of control. Then all of a sudden we're out of the pandemic. Yay. Great resignation. Then all of a sudden layoffs, 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 tens of thousands of layoffs. Ooh. Then we go, no, 2024 is going to be better. Well, we're getting layoffs. We're not getting the 10,000 a clip but we're getting layoffs there. Oh my gosh, it's nuts. UPS set, what, 12,000? eBay, uh, Rent the Runway, Wayfair, Google, Amazon, Macy's. So it's like 
everywhere, just cut, 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 cut. And the reason I'm bringing that up is what I would suggest for the audience here and the folks who are watching clearly are highly intelligent, highly motivated, very sophisticated, very career oriented. So I would suggest, let's not call it a resolution, but what I would say is given the context we're in now, where it does seem the economy, the job market, not dreadful, but not great with this like steady drip flow of layoffs, it puts everybody on edge. And I think in my opinion, with AI, a lot of these executives understand the principle of AI, they understand the concept of AI, but I think a lot of the C-suite executives aren't really sure how do we actually deploy it in a way where we could save money, cut costs. And I think one of the reasons why companies are cutting and the hiring process is super slow is because they're taking this wait and see attitude to figure out how are we gonna really deploy AI? And no one is gonna say this out loud from, this, from the executives because it wouldn't be good for their public relations, but they're all waiting to see how can we use AI to cut jobs or to take people who are making 100,000, 150,000, 200,000 say, hmm, do we really need them? Maybe we could let them go and use AI, but not just AI, but let them go, but get someone much more junior. And I think that's one of the reasons for people who are, if you're looking for a job, it's a combination of still the worry and anxiety of what's happening in, in the Middle East with Israel and Hamas and Hezbollah and uh, the Houthis who are, who are, who are, you know, having drones <laughs> attacking, you know, ships that are going through whatever they're going through. We still have Ukraine, believe it or not, going on. So there's a lot of things that are still out there that we don't know. I just saw, you know, I, you know, I don't know if you guys are seeing it. And I don't know if this is real or not. You're starting to see these things. Well, maybe we're going to have to, you know, get people to sign up for the, you know, army and armed services. I'm like, what, 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 what's going on here? So there's a lot of discomfort. You go to any big city, New York, Philly, LA, San Fran, dirty crime, drugs, so we're 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 in a we're in a scary place right now. And and I'm not saying this to be doom gloom because I'm actually a pretty positive upbeat guy, but I'm a realistic guy too. So I would say to circle back, let's not call it, you know, a resolution, but I would say this, a reality resolution maybe, or a reality check. I would I would su humbly suggest to everybody what you want to do given that there's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of layoffs and it looks like it's gonna continue, you have to make sure twofold. One, that you save your job and hold on to your job. Two, keep an eye out for other opportunities, just in case. So you have to straddle that. Now I'm saying it like it's easy, but it's not. 
because you have to be either in the office, hybrid, remote, but be that go-to person. So if, if, if you're twisting my arm for a resolution, and if you're saying, all right, Jack, enough with it, like give a resolution, give what like we should do. I would say that one of the first priorities is if you have a job right now, do everything in your power to hold on to it. Even if your boss is a jerk, even if your coworkers suck, even, even if you don't like the company, right now, suck it up. Suck it up. I know you're thinking easier said than done, but I've been in bad situations. We've all been in bad situations, whether work-related, relationship-wise, these things happen. You don't want to be that person who takes things for granted and then you're laid off and you didn't prepare and it could be months and months and months and months till you find another job, if you find another job, if you could find another job that pays as well, or maybe even a smidgen more or even a smidgen less. So you, what you want to do is number one, and I know you're going to roll your eyes, you're going to be mad at me, but you know, I'm a parent and like, you know how it is for you, it, it, people here who are parents, you understand this. Sometimes you have to say things to your kids that you know they don't want to hear and they get angry when you hear it, but that's your job to say it. Now, this isn't really my job job because I'm doing because I love doing this, but I would suggest the first thing you do is you, you sync up with your boss and find out from your boss what's going on. Are there any layoffs planned for the future? Are there any layoffs planned for the future that include me <laughs> that I have to worry about? What's happening with the company? Is everything okay? Are we in a good financial situation? Are you looking to bring people aboard? Are you looking to let people go? Are you gonna use AI to cut jobs? These are, these are difficult conversations to have and awkward and uncomfortable ones, but I think you owe it to yourself to set up a meeting with your immediate supervisor and have this conversation. Now, they may avoid you. They may say, oh, we'll talk later. Hey, we'll talk later. Because we know how corporate world is. But at least you have to try. And even if you have that conversation, whatever they say, you have to take with a grain of salt. I think one lesson we've all learned over the last few years is that the myth of we're a family. We work hard together and play hard together. You know, we're 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 one big family. And come on, the reality is we're not one big family. You don't you don't fire grandma <laughs> from, from the company if you're one big happy family. You, you don't you don't fire the person who's been there for 20 years and fire them through an email. You don't fire somebody where two strangers put you on a Zoom call and they fire you from there. That's not, it, so we've learned that you're on your own. And being on your own makes you stronger because you don't have to, re, you know, you don't have to hold on to anybody else. You could be your own hero in the movie. So you want to speak with your manager, your supervisor, really get a sense of what's happening. And whatever they say, 
you take it with a grain of salt. You don't want to speak, you don't want to be combative and say, I don't believe you, you know, blah, blah, you know, totally cool. Also, here's what I would suggest. Do you want to let your direct manager know and say, hey, Christine, I think you're the best manager I've ever had. You're a great boss. I love working for you. You're amazing. I'm learning so much. I keep growing and I'm really excited to be here. I know, I know it's challenging times. However, I wonder how do I help you? How can I help you in your job to take some of the pressure off, take some of the workload off? And I'd be glad, I'd be glad to take that on because I know we're all stretched thin. We're all a little worried. I'll be glad to do whatever I can do. And the reason I'm saying this, not to be a suck up, not to be a kiss up, not to be licking a boot licker, like, you know, people will say online, uh, it's more about self-preservation. Yes, I know a lot of you can say, I can't do that. I'd be demeaning myself. And what's more demeaning? Trying to be polite and nice and, and forge relationships or be the swaggering macho guy and ah, I'm not going to do that. But then you're the one who's let go. And now your family is like, oh, what do we do now? Now, this is just one example to do, but I, I think you get the vibe what I'm trying to share is you want to be that person who people are going to start to look at and say, Hey, Jack's the kind of person we need. We need more of him around. Motivated, upbeat, positive, willing to work, willing to go that extra yard, coming into the office five days a week, even though he doesn't want to come into the office five days a week. That sets you apart from everybody else. That makes it so that the odds are becoming more in your favor if things go wrong that you're going to be safe as opposed to others who are not doing these things. And don't get me wrong here because I'm going to get, I'm going to get people mad at me, but for remote workers, there's been a lot of data out there that when there are these layoffs or when it comes time for promotion raises, the remote workers are not doing as well as the people who are going into the office. So if you're a remote worker, I would suggest you go in now. I get it. My kids are older, but I remember two young kids, really tough navigating childcare. I get that. So I would say if you're a remote worker, the same way I mentioned, speak to your boss, speak to your boss again, let them know, Hey, I want to do whatever I can. I have two young children. I have to bring them to daycare. I have to pick them up. I want, tell me what I should do. How can I do? I want to make sure you know, that I'm working the best that I can and putting in the hours and putting the time. You want to have that proximity. You want to set up meetings with your manager on a regular basis so that you could check in. So they know what you're doing and, and you're apprising them of what you're doing. <laughs> so even if they don't see you walking around the office, they're going to see you on the Zoom calls, on phone calls, and have regular communications. So that's a way to save yourself. Now, let's look at the other side of things. The other resolution is to say, 
you know, the company is okay. And the different degrees, you know, it depends where you are. Some, meh, it's okay. I like it. Yeah, it's all right. I like it a lot or I hate it. Depends where you are. But I would suggest you start building a plan to, 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 to an escape hatch plan just in case. I w maybe this is self-interested because I've been a recruiter for so long. I would, I would say the first thing you want to do is find a couple of good recruiters that specialize, specialize in your space, get to know them, speak with them, have a video call. Um, maybe if you're in the same city, go out for lunch, go out for dinner, go out for beers, go out for a cup of coffee, get to know them. And this way they can keep an eye out for you. Uh, if you're not aware, most recruiters for middle to senior level people are working on contingency. So they're more than happy if they can kind of make relationships with people so that when the jobs are open, they know they have a slate of candidates that they could go to. And when the company says, hey, we need to hire someone, they're like, okay, I got some ideas. I know people. You know, this guy, Jack, has reached out to me a few times. And uh, yeah, I'm going to call him up because I think he's good for the job. So you want to get in touch with these recruiters. I, I would... <laughs> Gotta forgive me. I don't know. I can't shake this cold. Um, you also want to, you know, get in touch with career coaches, mentors, uh, folks like that. And and in full disclosure, I'm building out this platform, this startup, kind of beta testing, where I'm offering career coaching, mentorship help, but also making introductions to other career coaches and resume writers who specialize in all sorts of different areas, so that we could help people during this difficult time. So get in touch with career coaches, resume writers, others who could help you, mentors to, to take you to the next level. Now, in addition to working hard, in addition to working smartly, that's a word, I would also say, given the environment we're in now, the stress level, the anxiety level for most people off the charts. This is a time to think about it. When you go online, it's, it's in a way, if you go up, I like going on Twitter, which was X, but now X, it is like so toxic. And I'm not one to be like, ooh, it's so toxic. Now it's, it's just, you just see so much anger and hate where, I don't know if you've been on threads and that's really different. That's really kind of calm and soothing. So to be fair, it's not every social media platform that's like that. And LinkedIn is pretty soothing and, and it's not kind of crazy. So, but I, what, what you want to do is then start, start thinking about yourself. And it doesn't have to be this hardcore new, you know, resolution. But in my opinion, I think if you are a person who is career oriented and really want to do well and grow and be a fast tracker and climb the corporate ladder. Now, not everyone does. Everyone has different ideas. Some people, hey, I have a nice job. I get paid well. I don't want to get too much pressure. That's cool. It's whatever makes you happy. But for the ones who really want to step on the gas, and, and just really move, move your career forward. 
one of the things you need to do, in, in, in my opinion, and what I've seen over the years, is you have to figure out a way to balance the work in your life. And when I say your life, you have to figure out a way to stay mentally healthy, spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy, physically. Because just like an athlete, a professional athlete, has to train all the time, they have to eat healthily, they have to eat the right foods, they have a workout regimen, they have a sleep regimen. That's what you need to do. And we don't talk about this enough. I don't know why, but if you think about yourself, right? How many times do you find it's like a Friday and you're just exhausted? Friends, family, you know, say, hey, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's go to the ball game. Let's go to a football game. Let's do this. And you're like, no, 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 I'm tired. I just got to rest. No, I'm tired. Because what happens, there is no balance at all. And when things are challenging and difficult, there's a tendency to drink too much alcohol, smoke too much weed, get too much, you know, go to the doctors, you know, they'll get a prescription for something that you kind of like, I don't really need it, but this makes me feel better. And I'm going to take it anyway. You eat too much, you drink too much, you eat too much garbage food, not literally garbage food, but you know, you don't talk about it, you know, just eating junk food. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not this health guru, but I do know and see there's a great difference between the people who take care of themselves and the ones who don't. The ones who take care of themselves, it's, it's as if they're running a marathon. They pace themselves. They make sure they eat right. They sleep well. They're focused. And that helps get through everything. The ones who don't do that, those are the ones, and you've, we've all seen this in the office, where then they go, they're just, people just kind of flip their lid, you know? They, they, because they're just too much stress, there's no outlet, they're eating too much, they're drinking too much, they're taking too many legal or illegal substances, and they're just, they're just, just waiting to explode. And that's not healthy for them, that's not healthy for coworkers, that's not healthy for their family. So I would, that we don't talk about too much, but you have to put that premium in. Now, it could be, and this is, I'm not saying you have to do a resolution. This is just my suggestions, right? I would say, if you don't belong to a gym, go to a gym. If you have a YMCA in your area or a JCC or whatever the, you know, same, you know, kind of stuff, go there and you don't have to kill yourself. You go through the circuit, do a little bit, exercises, arms, legs, shoulders, what have you, go on the treadmill a little bit. And if you have, and if you do that on a regular basis, you're going to feel so much better. If you start cutting out sugar and all the all processed foods and what have you, you're going to feel better. And then if you feel better, you're going to look better. Your skin will be, your complexion is better. And I know you're going to like, come on, what are you an expert? I just, from years and years and years and years and years of, 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 of dealing with people and helping place people and seeing who succeeds and who doesn't, what happens, you end up getting learning all these things. It's not that I'm a smart guy. I'm a pretty dumb guy. But like what happens is that, you know, 
25 plus years and more actually, you know, seeing who are the winners, who are the ones who succeed. And then I watch and see like, what do they do? I learn from that. You know, what do they do? What made this person, you know, two similar people that maybe I placed 20 years ago, one all of a sudden is this rock star doing phenomenally well, the other not. And you could see why you could kind of track back and everything I'm saying. So it's not like me making it up, you know, I love to take credit for it, but it's just my observation of year after year saying, why do these certain people see, you know, do well and why do they not do well? And I think the ones who do well are the ones who know how to play the game. And when I say play the game, this goes back to what I was talking about going to your boss and letting your boss know, how can I help you? Playing the game is knowing like, hey, when to pull back and take care of your mental and emotional health and take care of yourself. And by doing these things, it's not forcing yourself to do it. It's just developing a routine. And sometimes when you hear developing routine, you're like, ah, I don't want to be tied down to routine. I want to do, you know, what I want. If I like want to, you know, do something, I don't have to kind of go to gym and work out. I'll do it when I want to do it. Well, yeah. But challenge is if you don't have a set routine, you're not going to do it. So you want to, and I know no one wants to be boxed into, I have to do this at 7.30, this at 8 o'clock, this at this time. But if you do set a schedule of when you're going to, maybe just take a nice long walk. Maybe just walk around the block a few times. When the weather gets nice, maybe just bicycle around a little bit. Maybe go to the gym a little bit. Maybe do yoga, maybe Pilates, whatever. Something to keep your body moving on a regular basis. Get a hobby, get a hobby, or maybe return to a hobby you used to do, but during the pandemic and everything went away, that you could succeed in. Do some things that you could succeed in because that's going to elevate your game too. Every time you get a little success celebrated, feel good about it. It's going to make you feel more powerful, more in control. So these, these are not, you know, I know we're diverting away. You could split hairs, whether it resolutions or not. But I think it's more of maybe this time of year to, to, to look back and say, hey, now the pressure is off. It's not the January 1st. Oh, and think about pressure. All right, it's New Year's. Now we got to have a party and I got to go to a party. If I'm not going to a party, I'm a big loser. And now I'm going to have to drink. Yeah, if I'm not drinking, then I'm a big loser. We're past that now. So we could actually have this conversation without all the related kind of stress and weirdness that goes around what you have to do because it's New Year's and, and you you're kind of feel pressure to do whatever. Now it's the end of January. I think tomorrow is the first day of February. So we could kind of talk about this without now all this weirdness about, oh, I didn't fulfill my resolution. It's just a clean slate, a clean slate where you could start on your own terms, incorporate some of the things I'm, I'm talking about, and, and, and make sure that you can grow your career, build your career, that you can find ways to succeed, find ways to keep and look for other opportunities. Make sure you keep yourself healthy. And with all those things, it works. And 
when it comes to resolutions, I find out, I think the data shows, and Chris, I think you have that, that when you're forcing yourself to do it, they don't work, right? Like what are the, you're, you're a very numbers person, Christine. Like what have you read and seen about the resolutions and like when you feel the pressure to have to do that? I'll tell you, only 9% of people who make resolutions actually keep them. Nearly a quarter of people ditch them by the first week of January and then 43% quit by today, January 31st. So as of today, 43% of people will have already quit their, their resolutions. And what do you think? Do you think they quit because they felt that they had to do it and their heart is really not in it? Or it's just laziness? Or what, what do you think? I think it's a number of things. I think one, it's, it's like having that arbitrary day that there's really no um, like purpose behind it. I think also people fail because they're not equipped to manage like setbacks or failures. So in addition to when you're talking about mental health and your emotional well-being, it's important to work on your mindset. That way, when you encounter failure or setback, you're equipped to deal with it. You're not completely thrown off kilter and then you lose sight of the big picture. I think so many people, they encounter one failure and they're like, I'm done. I'm done. I don't like how this feels. And then also there are people who don't like track their progress. I think it's important to find a way to measure it, whether it be, you know, data or, or just have something that will hold you accountable, um, including like telling a person or you always say like, write it down because then it, it becomes real. I, I like where you're going with this, Christine. And with, with respect to the mindset, when you say mindset for people who may be not familiar with that concept, how, like, how would you describe that? It's, it's just like the tools to be able to just cope. It's like resilient, just being able to, to move forward despite um, any setbacks or failures. Now, also with, with mindset, is it, tell me if I'm right. I um, can't remember, you know, I want to say something Duckworth, this woman who wrote the book on grit, what have you. Mm -hmm. And I'll attribute to her. I'm not sure if this is for her, but she would talk about growth mindset and a fixed mindset. And with a growth mindset means you look at events and you look for the opportunities within there. With a fixed mindset, you're kind of like, it is what it is. You know, it's a very different way of looking at the world. It's one way with a growth mindset, meaning, hmm, I think I can get that promotion. And I'm going to figure out how I could go and get that promotion. Whereas a fixed mindset is like, well, I'm okay where I am now. And I don't know if I really want to put all the hours in to now go for the CPA exam. And I feel okay just being an accountant and that's good. You see, the there's like a big difference. So I think having a growth mindset or a success mindset is where you start rewiring yourself and i know you're gonna be like hey this is like woo woo kind of stuff you want to rewire your, your 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 way of thinking so instead of looking at things as insurmountable problems you're, you're thinking hmm how do i get over these <laughs> these 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 
issues? How do I get past it? How can I figure it out? It becomes a game almost. How, you know, how can I climb over this obstacle to get to the next level and not give up and keep going strong? Yeah, you mentioned the CPA exam. That's the ultimate goal, but then you can break it down into little goals. Like every day have a goal of how you're going to pass this exam. How many days are you, I mean, how many hours are you going to allocate to studying each day and, and just like honing your craft? But this all leads to um, a question that I had for you. Mm -hmm. Like, how can you push forward when it begins to feel like what's the point? You know, we hear so many stories of people who say they gave their whole life to a job and then they're just like coldly laid off. So then when you're faced with like the harsh realities of, of the world and where you're like, what's the point of anything? Nothing ever pays off because in the end, employers have all the power how how do you move past that those feelings uh give you a couple of ideas there's this guy who does a podcast called jocko and i can't remember his last name and he was like a former let's say navy seal i could be completely all wrong with this kind of stuff but it's like let's say if nothing else, like a navy seal kind of guy you know you know armed services kind of guy waking up i would see he would have video four o'clock in the morning running on the beach really, you know, motivated. And he has this expression like, good, good. When, and he would say that because if let's say something bad happens, right? Like you just said, you lost your job. Good. Like, and then you're like, good. What, like, you're, what, what the hell's wrong with you? Good. I lost my job. Good. Because you know what? You're going to get a better job. <laughs> and seriously, it's that, that's like a hardcore mindset. That's a hardcore mindset. It's like, you know, good. You don't have to complain. You don't have to whine. You don't. Um, I, he doesn't necessarily say that. I'm just you know, playing the part here. Where, hey, all right, you lost your job, and it sucks. It hurts. It's like getting punched in the face five times. But you know what? Maybe that was the wake up call you needed. Maybe it was time to move on, and you just kind of milked it too long. You know, maybe you know, in your in your heart of hearts, you realize that. I really didn't like this job too much anyway, but I just stayed here because it was easy and I have a cut, you know, some good work friends and it's really too difficult to search for another job, but maybe this was the kick in the pants to go and do something different. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've spoken to people over the years where they were let go and then they get another job and then they'll say, you know what, that was like the best thing that ever happened to me. And then you're like, what? How is losing that job the best thing that you happened? Well, you know what? If I didn't leave, I, you know, if or they didn't tell me to leave, I would have been there for another five, 10 years and nothing would have changed in my life. But because I lost a job and have to find a new one, I've I've learned all these new skills. I've I've added to my toolbox. I've I've, I've got this job that's paying better. I, I like it better. And also my self and confidence improved because I went through this hardship that like losing a job is like one of the worst things that happens to people, particularly if you don't have the financial wherewithal to get through it. So then you feel like, you know what? I went through hell and I got through it. And then when you go through adversity and you, and you hit rock and you hit like all these obstacles and all these problems and you go through it and you're able to get through it to the other side and then succeed, then you become unstoppable because now you realize I can do this. 
And sometimes, this is sound crazy. You think I'm out of my mind. Sometimes you need to hit bottom. Sometimes you need to just get your ass handed to you. And then that's that wake-up call where you have the decision to make. Do I just stay down? Or do I say, I'm going to now do everything I can to do better, to improve myself, to move forward? And find ways to get, to get that energy up, to get that emotion up, to say, you know what? I lost a job before, and I got a great new one. The next time you run into a challenge or a difficulty, you could go back into to, to your history and say, hey, I, I've been in a really bad spot. I got through it, and I could do it again. And the more that happens, the more as Christian, as you mentioned, the more resilient you become, the stronger you become, mentally stronger you become. And then after a while, you feel like I could take on anything. So you go from, you know, where Jocko said, good, because in a way he's right, because it spurs you on not to give up, not to freak out, not to collapse, but to say, this is what makes you a strong woman or man to brush yourself off, tackle adversity, don't let it get to you, and just keep driving and keep moving forward. Does that, does that kind of sort of answer it, Christine? Or? I love that. View every end as a new beginning. And every day is a new opportunity to start anew. It doesn't need to be January 1st. Speaking of that, there's this uh, phrase. And you, you guys probably heard this. It's like, one day or day one, right? I'm not sure if you have or have not, but basically, you know, one day means, yeah, I'm going to do it eventually. Yeah, I, I have plans to do it. I'm thinking about it. Um, you know, I'm talking to my buddies about doing this, you know, startup. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm thinking of this. Yeah, one day, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm just busy right now, but I'm going to do it as opposed to day one, meaning, just like you said, Christine, this is it. This is that first day. Forget everything else that just happened before. Shut the door on New Year's resolutions, January 1st. Oh, it's over. It's over. It's over. And you can't go back to it. That's the past. It's done with. There's no changing it. Now, day one means you have the opportunity right here, right now to start fresh. Forget all the baggage, forget all the injustices, all the mean things people said to you, all your bad breaks, all like oh, I went to the wrong college, oh, I did, took the wrong major, whatever. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It's done. It's over. It's day one to build up your life. And that's why I'm not a big fan of the New Year's resolutions because you need to decide for yourself, am I ready right now for day one where I'm going, to, I'm going to go after what I really want to go after? I want to be the best version of myself that I can be. I want to be better tomorrow than I was the day before and start working towards that. And then when you have that resiliency, when you have that success mindset, when you have the ability to keep going through challenges, you become unstoppable. 
and it becomes this this wild thing where the momentum it's like a flywheel effect it just keeps going and going and going and going conversely if you don't do anything and you're kind of just wallowing in self-pity you actually go down and down and down and down because you're not you're not doing anything to help yourself so you're going down while your peers are kind of going up so you're not only falling down on your own but now everybody else is starting to eclipse you so that's 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 kind of the choices you have um now i know some of this sounds like harsh or dark but it's not it's really from a place of love and trying to improve your life and if you're improving your life you're improving the lives of everybody around you because they feel it they feel that aura they feel that vibe they pick up on it and a lot of times they'll kind of say ah they'll maybe even not thinking follow and do the same thing does that does that does that sound crazy christine or does that make sense no, I love that. It reminded me of like every day become 1% better. As long as, as long as you're a better person than who you were the day before, then you're already a su success in my book, you know? That's, that's, you know what, maybe this is a good way to wrap it up because that's a, that's a good kind of mantra to think that if every day you try, you know, try harder to be better, to be a better person, to be a better human being, to be a better husband, to be a better partner, to be a better you know, parent, to be a better at your career, at your craft. And then you're not measuring against others because that's, that's horrible. When you start comparing yourself to other people, I know there's an expression, right? Like comparing yourself is theft of joy, something like that. Whereas yeah. you don't want to look at that. You don't, because that, that kind of get demotivates you because you never know where someone starts. You know, maybe they were a Nepo baby and had everything handed to them. Maybe they just had the right breaks. Maybe everything went well. So it could drive you crazy. So instead of doing that, like I agree with Christine was saying, is that you just focus on yourself. Not are you better than that kid you went to school with and whatever, or the, the, the person who lived next door to you that the parents always think, oh, little Johnny is so great. And you had that competition with little Johnny. No, no, just who you are today are you going to be a better man, woman, person the next day? And then again and again and again and again. So this is, a. it sounds like we went from a really wide arc from talking about a resolution where, where not to be redundant, seems like a very forced societal thing that's put upon you. And as Christine was saying, maybe that's one of the reasons why the data shows that people who you know kind of feel encumbered to do these resolutions 45 percent of them i've got 45 percent fail only four percent still do it but whatever it is the numbers are shows that it doesn't really work that well whereas i think if on your own and the and you have to get that time to say hey I need to make this my day one, and I need to do whatever it takes to get to what I want in my life, in my life, in my career, and just go for it. And go for it, and every day, just try to be a little better than you were the day before. After a month, two months, six months, a year, two years, it's gonna, make, it's gonna be transformative. So I'll leave you on this. 
I don't mean to give a sermon with this. I just, it's one of these things where, again, not to be, to repeat myself, but after seeing how so many people that I've spoken either succeed or fail over the years, and I would encourage you to do this too, you want to see those folks because you want to know what these people do that it doesn't work, so you don't emulate that, but then watch the people who are successful and speak with them, both the ones who failed and the ones who succeed, so you could kind of then figure out also what are other, in addition to what I'm sharing, and I don't have all the answers, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed if you go to people, trust me on this, not everybody, you know, you go to 10 people, but maybe out of 10 people, two or three would be more than happy, more than happy. If you go to, you know, if you try to speak to 10 super successful people and you reach out to them, I would bet you at the very least, one, if not two, would be take time out and chat with you and you could learn and grow from that person. So you want to you, you want to find other ways in addition to like this kind of LinkedIn Live to hear and listen and seek out. And you could do the same thing by watching and listening to podcasts, reading. And so if you don't have that human being to give you this information, whether through books, through podcasts, through articles, what have you, but you want to kind of keep growing and building and getting better and better and better. So I hope I hope this helps out. I hope this gives a whole a little bit of a twist where maybe I'm not sure if you were you were expecting this or not, but I hope this was interesting, um, helpful. And in the comments, please share your thoughts. Share your thoughts about, you know, did you have a new year's resolution? If so, what is it? Did you not have it? But now you're starting to think of doing certain things, um, maybe from this conversation. And it doesn't have to be right away, but maybe from this conversation, you can think, hey, you know what? I always want to do such and such, and I'm going to do it. And we could all then applaud you and help you out. So thank you very much, everyone, for watching. As always, I really appreciate it. Um, if you need career coaching, uh, mentorship, help, reach out to me. Um, and if you have any questions, any topics to discuss in the future, let us know. And we're all about just trying to help and make everyone's lives better and improving on it and being happier. So thank you very much for watching and have a great day and I'll, I'll see you all tomorrow. Thank you so much. Bye everyone.